Welcome back to the Gentlemen You didn't jump in at all. <laughs> Welcome back to the Gentleman's Dojo. That's how it's Better supposed to. Better on the second yeah. round. Yeah, Jesus. Patrick Keen's not here to fuck it up, so I'm taking his place Yeah. to mess it up. Steven, it is good to see you. I know that you're very excited about this evening and what's about to happen this evening with the big Pittsburgh Penguins game, game well, the two. Penguins play by the time yeah. this is posted. Who knows yeah, what yeah, will yeah. happen, but uh, game two. But, uh... Look, let's get to the... Uh, joining us, by the way, is a great Aussie comic, uh, Joel Osborne. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just we just come back yeah. from Las Vegas uh, interviewing Pendulette. We're nice. nearing the finish line in terms of our end on production before we hand off the film to polishing editors and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, almost done with the Amazing Jonathan documentary. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, it's and great. Joel is joining us this weekend as we head out to the Chicago Improv for shows Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And that is a big, big room with lots of seats. What's your point? Will remain. (laughs) (laughs) What's your point? That will remain empty. Okay. Wow. Next weekend, San Francisco Punchline. Yes. Not with you on that one. Uh, The third week, La Jolla Comedy Store. La Jolla Comedy Store. That'll be fun. Lots of clubs, lots of dates, lots of empties. There we go. It'll be good. By the way, speaking of Chicago, Never our guest old. today is from Chicago. Yeah. Good buddy of yours, who I've met before. Yep. He is got a lot going on right now. Very busy man. He's always been busy, though. Has he? Right? Yeah. Yeah. He. Well, we'll ask him. But uh, pretty excited about this. We're talking about the new Showtime yes. show based on the early years of the Comedy Store, based off the book. Yes. I'm dying up here. Yeah, it's crazy because, by the way, they used a lot, a lot of Comedy Store comics for this series. The first, you were in it. No, no, no. Although, in fairness, Not the movie's me. based from the 70s. Your jokes are from the 70s. So I would think that maybe even though they haven't used you, I... You in your 30s in your 70s, in your 70s right? <laughs> you? Yes, I was. I had a better body back then. Oh, yeah. I don't think you ever had a... Did you ever have a good body? I, when I was like four, I was shredded. You do that. Joke. Okay, dude. Yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's. <laughs> hey, you could do that on uh, Carson Daly in oh, 2020. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If he brings the show back. Listen, let's. It's not about us today, Stephen. Let's about talk our about your body. <laughs> they can see pictures How's the of Google going? images. It's going bad. Listen, <laughs> listen. It's not going well. Our guest have today. You, what, have you? Is he? Is he called in yet? He will. He will. Yes. Let's talk about your body. What do you have want to you, know? Have you committed to the diet at all? You gave up. Uh, we, I, I, man, I, I didn't. Well, you go. It's back, and you're gonna get fatter. <laughs> hey now, hey, hey now, your gullet's back. Because you lost me, it for a little bit. I did. And I now did. it's back. Steve gave me the most beautiful compliment. He said, "Your your gullet is getting smaller." <laughs> I gotta tell you, that's the sign of a true friend. When he tells, well, you had that little, you like your, little pelican yeah. skin. That, listen, yeah, where they listen. Let's not keep our guest waiting. But you know when the it's pelicans come yes. swoop, swoop in, it's and then the, the bird goes in the gullet. Yeah, yeah that your that's gullet has. <laughs> it's like a hammock. Andrew, it's like a meat hammock. <laughs> how are you? Hey, what's up, you guy? What I all I heard was meat hammock. Uh, oh. Yeah, Gary. Gary's put on weight recently, and he's yes. got this gullet that that keeps appearing and disappearing. It fluctuates fluctuates with his diet. Look, we're not talking about Gary's awful body. We're, we're talking about you. 
Andrew Santino joining us on the dojo. Thank you so much for uh, calling in. We're super excited, super excited about your show, and belated congratulations to your Chicago Cubs. Thank you so much. Well, you know, tip of my hat to you guys uh, taking one over Nashville, and let's see if you guys can do it again tonight uh, at 5 p.m. Well, we do follow each other on Twitter, so oh, I think wow. we're up up to speed. Yeah, Gary, you don't have that many followers. He's probably not following <laughs> Gary. Cause, uh, but um, congratulations on this brand-new show. Um, you can stream it on Showtime right now, the series premiere. And then throughout the course of June, the series kicks off. Uh, I'm dying up here. Congratulations. Uh, by the way, what was the show on ABC you did prior to? Was it called Mixology? Yeah, yeah, yes. That was that was the uh, the beautiful uh, failed sitcom that I was a part of, as, ma- <laughs> as well as so many other failed pilots. You know what I mean? But that one was that one was particularly special because. We did a, a full season of it, and people hated it the whole time, so it was really fun to do. But I remember that's when I first uh, started seeing you at the store, just because uh, I saw the uh, the promos constantly on ABC. I was like, oh, that's the guy from Mixology. And then, lo and behold, we're hanging up backstage at the at the main room, and just, you know, I think we just kind of hit off with just like, what a great dude. I mean, just a solid, solid guy, and that's the disparity with your character on the show because you're very abrasive, you're very jaded, but you are the most honest character in the whole show because you represent, I believe, what every comic harbors deep down inside themselves, especially in that diner scene right. when you guys are all hanging out. And you know, I think that was definitely a thing in the 70s where comics went to the diner if they weren't hooking up. And it's jovial, it's fun, but you really, you really encapsulate, I think... 90% of what comics feel when, especially when another comic is killing it and successful, and they're not willing to admit that. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much angst that goes into it, and I think the older that you get in the game of comedy, the more you learn to just appreciate your own successes. But when you're young and new in comedy, the hardest thing to do is congratulate those around you that are doing well when you're still eating ramen noodles five nights a week, you know? So it's like... It's the hardest thing in the world to be happy for someone when your bank account reads negative. So, yeah, I think my character, Bill, kind of encapsulates that. The idea that it's, it's hard to even be happy uh, for even your friends in comedy when you're, when you're just going through the, the muck of it all because, you know, you start at zero here. It's not like, you know, it's not like you, you all start, you know, at this medium level where people are okay and everyone's doing fine. It's, you're kind of all in the trenches together. So... Yeah, I think my character Bill on the show really does kind of uh, say what a lot of comics don't want to say or, you know, wish they could, but, you know, don't want to hurt their position politically in the game. So, um, yeah, I, I was stoked when they when I read it the first time and they when they wrote it, uh, you know, they kind of shaped it a little bit around some of the ideas that myself and uh, Al Madrigal and Eric Griffin were telling them because there were, you know, three real stand-up comics on the show and they would ask us, how we feel about stuff. And, and we told them the truth. We were like, you gotta, you gotta have pieces of, of the real comedic world in there to, to, to make it, you know, valid for, for people in the business that, that really know the truth. So I hope, you know, and I hope America sees it the same way and they like it and they get to see like a view of what it's like inside the world of a comedian. Yeah. How ironic though, is that life is imitating art in some way, because here you are on this show I think that every comic in the world is watching and interested in, and now all those comics are going to congratulate you. Me. on. Yeah, they hate yeah. 
<laughs> they all secretly hate me. I've had so many people say, yeah, I went out for that show. I went out for that show uh, in New- I was in New York, and a bunch of people were like, yeah, yeah, I wanted to get that show. And, you know, people slap Patty on the back, but I'm sure there's a bunch of people behind my back that are like, uh, I hope they kill him off first season. I, I can't, you know, screw him. Um, I mean, that, that's, that's a part of it, right? But it is art imitating life for sure. Yeah, I, I do want to ask you this, too, because the opening is so great. It's so cinematic. It's really cool to see the ins and outs, you know, the, with the waitress coming in and out and everybody backstage and Carson's on. And then they come out and you're on stage and you're delivering some stand-up. You know, is it t- because stand-up, it, it starts from, you know, writing a sentence and then, grinding it out after weeks and months and then finally get the flow and the tone and the the melody of the joke how tough is it to do stand-up that may be written for you in this script from a writer's room because you know when you watch it it just came off flawless like well he's a pro but i wonder if you you know knowing the nuances of doing stand-up was that obviously that's coming from the writers? How how difficult or how easy is that to do stand up that is written on page that isn't normally maybe how you Al or Eric do your stand up? Yeah, I think I mean that's a great question because I feel like um, it's that's the hardest thing I felt like uh, the hardest job that I had acting on the show was making sure that I don't do like my voice Andrew Santino's voice as a stand up. And don't let it leak into the stand-up of Bill because you can so easily do that because that's what we do every day. So it's kind of like I had to consciously be aware of not sounding too much like I sound in real life. And when they gave us gave us the material, like your initial reaction is, uh, you know, to, to rewrite it or to punch it up or to change it. And they were really, uh, uh, you know, like they, they were very malleable malleable about that. They, they The writers wanted our influence, um, mm-hmm. which was good. They were like, tell us what you think. But again, we had to keep it in mind. These are young comics in the 70s. So A, the material shouldn't be lights out amazing, and it, and it shouldn't be um, perfect and crisp and, and, and sound like, you know, anything today. It, it's, it's, first of all, it's comedy from the 70s, which was a little bit more um, set up punchline, set up punchline, less so than storytelling today. And I think that was probably the hardest task that task that Eric Allen and I had was trying to delineate between our voice and the character's voice, making sure we kind of stayed true to that. Um, and also, you know, working with the writers on what we really believe the character would say versus just trying to say something funny. So right. I was always more concerned about not being, not, not about being funny for the standup because, you know, it's not my standup, but more about if it's authentic and does it feel like, it encapsulates what this character would really say in, in, in that time period. So it was, it was, it was hard to do at, at some points because you really are going through it. But what you said, you touched on something. Um, we do develop the stand-up sets you see as the season goes on. You'll right. see them develop jokes like that. Like you say, it starts in a sentence and then weeks and weeks and weeks. That's kind of some of the beauty of, some oh. of the bits you'll see over and over. That's so you'll, awesome. you'll see bits get done again and again. Um, on the show because you're really watching the truth. We don't do like a different set every single night on TV, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because that's, you know, a lot of comics you develop a bit over such a long period of time. So you kind of get to stay with these bits, so to speak. Andrew, what was the audition process to get this to get this gig? And I was just curious. How... Gary's never auditioned, so I've... he's very interested in how those things work. You have a manager. <laughs> how does that work? Uh, and, and, and how how involved is Jim Carrey with the show? 
Yeah, I mean, I really didn't have to audition. I I, I, I was a post I postmate a postmate drove something to Jim's house, and he just gave me the role. You know, <laughs> the Catholic um, Church scene, I think, was the audition, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how everybody got the uh, yeah, yeah. And that's so funny that only RJ scene made it in, but we all did that scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> By the way, we were laughing that uh, Dennis Haskins gets a call after years of not working, and they're like, "We got this great gig for you." You're going to watch a comic jerk off. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? And you know what's funny is a lot of people were kind of worried about, uh, for, 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 for listeners, Dennis Haskins, who played Mr. Belding, is right. on the pilot for, and he makes a guest star. And people were like worried if like they were going to see Dennis Haskins. One of the EPs was saying, like, are they going to see Dennis Haskins? Are they going to see Mr. Belding? Like, or are they going to see this character we've created? And I got to tell you, I think he killed it. I think he did such a good job. Yeah. Um, and he was so cool about it, like totally. Like, and we were talking. I was like, when they gave you the call, were you weirded out, you know, by by that? Because you know, coming from such a pure place of like Mr. Belding to now, you know, being the guy that right. gets, you know, is escorting a, a kid to jerk off in front of a dying priest. I think, um, I think he was just so like happy to be a part of something different and new. And I think that's what that's what happens in Hollywood. You're like, I don't want to be Mr. Belding. I want to be an actor. So. Um, he was really cool about it. And, 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 you know, a lot of these stories to touch on your previous question come from the mind of Jim Carrey. So Jim's involvement was, um, heavy in the idea that all of these stories that you'll see on the season kind of formulated from Jim's real life. There was a guy he knew that got offered money to, to clean a church. And then one day a priest said, you know, if you're willing to do a little bit extra, there's more money in it for you. So it's a real story that came from, from Jim's world in, in, in the stand-up life of the 70s, and so did some of the other nuances of the show, like, um, you know, Clark, Clark Duke and Michael Angarano, uh, they, they, and they sleep in a closet on the show, and, and that's literally what Jim did when he first moved to Hollywood, slept in a closet in some guy's apartment in West Hollywood, and, you know, paid him rent to literally live in his closet. So a lot of these beautiful stories kind of come from Jim, and then these writers... Uh, formulated this, this, these, these great, these great tales, kind of, and they, they delve them out to each character. So we all get a piece of Jim's real life uh, in all of our characters, which is, you know, I think the best way to do it. Instead of one person playing Jim, we all gotta, we all kind of get to live uh, Jim's world, you know. And how long does it take you to film one episode? Because it seems so elaborate. I mean, is it pretty intense? Well, the pilot in particular, and to give props a lot, like you were saying, the opening sequence is great, and Jonathan Levine directed it, who is just the man. I, I think he's probably one of the best directors I've ever worked with. Uh, uh, he did the movie The Wackness and Fifty Fifty, and he just did Schumer's new movie with Goldie Hawn. Um, I, I think he's incredible, and so we spent a lot of time on the pilot, but that's just because that's how pilots go. But they're hour-long episodes, and um, it typically took us anywhere, you know, around eight days, I would say, like, you know, six to eight is the average shoot time for wow. uh, for each of these, but but some of them lasted longer, depending on how elaborate you know the um, you know the setups were, because some of them were significantly bigger episodes than others. Yeah, just going through the IMDb page, so many people, so many people that we know are involved in the show, whether it's for one episode, four episodes. Well, Dom Irera is... <laughs> Rick Overton know. was in it. Yeah. Uh, Earl Skakel is coming up in some episodes. I mean, there's just like, it's crazy that so many people were given this opportunity for this show. Yeah, man, I think it's amazing. I think that the other thing was, like, um, I really believe that, you know, for the first time, like, an actor is like, they really listened to us, but they really did, they listened to us about, 
you know, the vetting of other comedians that we were like, yeah, you should get more stand-ups in this world because it's real. So they, they would reach out to us often and say, hey, we want to put this guy in as a guest star or this guy, and what do you guys think? And I was so happy that they wanted our opinion, uh, and it was so cool that they listened. And, you know, someone like Dom, who's a legend in the game, right. yeah. you know, they picked they wanted Dom so bad it was a no-brainer. Like, no one would ever even, you know, they didn't even ask. They right, right away went to Dom and were like, we want you to, to play this great character, Fitzy, who's like, you know, the old broken vet soul of the show. And uh, he's incredible, man. Dom, Dom had some of the funniest moments uh, you'll ever see on the show because he's, he's just like the one-liner zinger uh, <laughs> add to every scene. There, there's a scene where we're in a fist fight without giving anything away. A fight breaks out. And, you know, it's like this massive brawl. And then when it's all over, when the dust has settled, Dom, like, pops in and kicks someone on the ground in the face just to, like, add a little bit of salt to the wound. <laughs> and he's like, who we kick? That's, and and his, only line, his only line is after he kicks him in the face, he goes, so who we kicking? You know, he has no idea who we're even fighting. But that, that was just kind of like Dom's character was this beautiful, uh, this beautiful uh, uh, old soul, the wisdom, the soul of the, of the club that kind of gave us advice and... Well, yeah, I got to tell you, well for those that don't, you know, and I love Al Magical in the show because Al is uh, offstage. He can be very business minded and a little more serious. And he's like a happy go lucky dude in this in, in the pilot, at least. And I was like, I, I want to hang out with this Al. Right. Because the other Al is his <laughs> dad and businessman. And this Al's fun. This is the fun Al. Yeah, you're the first person that ever uh, uh, wants to hang out with Al in general at all. Nobody <laughs> wants to see Al so, Al plays this wonderful, sweet, uh, upbeat, uh, happy-go-lucky uh, uh, pothead, so to speak. You know, and kind of like a—he's almost like a—you know—very much like in the in the realm of like Cheech Marin. You know, like he plays this like super funny Latino dude who's like always in a good mood because he's stoned and or he's on something and. Um, it is very opposite of Al, which I think is great for Al just to show the world that, you know, he can he can do something that's not Al at all. That's you know, it's totally different from him, uh, and it's it's fantastic. I think I think everyone kills it on the show, um, and no one no there was no slack. I guess you know, like everyone was really good, and I know you hear that all the time out of actors. It's like it was a pleasure. Everyone was brilliant. It's like I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not going to be that guy who says that, but I just think everyone was very talented. And it was challenging to keep up. You just wanted to make sure everyone was, you know, you want to make sure you were keeping up because everyone was doing a good job. So it, it was kind of, you know, intimidating at times when people were really, really putting it in. That you're like, God, I got to make sure I don't look like the worst person in this scene. Right. Did, did you start doing stand-up back in Chicago? No, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm born and raised in Chicago. And um, I left for college. And after college, I moved straight to Los Angeles. I started yeah. out here. So that's uh, got to be interesting, right, to start doing stand-up because most people start somewhere and then move here was that a hard thing to yeah. do yeah i mean listen i you know i i think the reason that i didn't move back to chicago and start stand-up there when i was out of college was because i didn't want to you know become the construction worker that was in my tarot cards you know what i mean like i didn't want to move home <laughs> and just do the thing that i knew i was probably going to do which was you know uh, knock up knock up some girl from high school and start construction and uh smoke four packs a day like it was just kind of like that was probably in my in, in the stars were probably aligning for that to happen if I moved home because I would have just become complacent and you know it would have been so much easier to just you know have my family there and kind of bow out so to speak. So for me, I knew I needed the challenge of 
of, you know, sink or swim. And L.A. was really sink or swim. So I was like, you know, I'm either going to move to L.A. or New York. And I, I grew up in, in terrible weather. So I was like, I might as well move to L.A. and start start there. So it was hard starting uh, in L.A. It was really tough. But, you know, I, I feel like this, this place uh, gives you that challenge that you need if you're really going to last. You know, it's too easy to start at home and then make your way uh for for me it was too, it was just too easy to, to start at home because i would have you know i'd have probably never left chicago then what, what do you think your first big break was what was your first big break here in la where you started to feel like you were a comic um i feel like the first well i, I feel like the first big break not as a stand-up but as a performer i i did i got i got booked on this hosting show uh for msn years ago that i hosted some online stupid show for them and it helped me quit my day job. And, and, and it was kind of one of those moments where it was like, now I can commit so much more time to doing standup um, and not worried about, you know, making rent, uh, you know? So, so that was like a huge blessing. And, and that was probably my best break into the world of getting to do standup full time. And then as far as, you know, you know, standup itself goes, uh, it sounds really, you know, kind of meek and cheesy, but um, I got a letter or I got an email from the Hollywood Improv on my birthday uh, saying that I was a, a, a past regular or whatever, which I think they don't even do anymore. But back then they were saying if you were regular and you could ask for spots and I could start hosting. And when, when that happened, it happened. Literally, I got the email on my birthday, which was, you know, I, it was one of those moments where I was like, this is it. I'm going to do stand up for the rest of my life. And now I'm, I've cracked the L.A., you know, I've cracked the L.A. code and I'm now going to continue to perform at the clubs around the city and grow and grow so that to me was a big deal you know and it, it sounds like not much but it was at the time it was massive who sent you that email from the improv steve, <laughs> steve wants to reach out to them i was just steve, <laughs> off. i was just gonna steve wants asshole. to reach out to that person it's just info at improv.com I don't remember who the manager was at the time but it was probably some assistant to but sure. i'm sure it was like some assistant's assistant <laughs> who wrote it begrudgingly, who probably was also a comic that hated the fact that I was going to get a spot now. <laughs> right. So that's probably whatever it was. Probably some kid that was just like, why him? Fine, right. I'll write the email, but I don't like him. I don't like his stuff. Well, so, Andrew, what uh, what has yeah. been the, um, you know, comics can be a jaded group, uh, you know, again, much like your character on the show, but, but from... And I'm being completely blunt and honest here. From the reception I've heard from comedians that have checked it out, uh, it, it's been really, really glowing praise. What have you specifically heard? Because it, that's why I feel comfortable asking that question. <laughs> so um, from the comics I've heard, they all enjoyed watching the pilot and looking forward to seeing how the season unfolds. What have you heard? Yeah, I mean, I, we've gotten a lot of response. i got to tell you, we've gotten some... We've gotten a lot of comics have reached out, even people that I'm not really close with that have reached out to, to really, really nice stuff. And, and that's, that's kind of, that, that helps you feel validated, so to speak, in the community because the show is about our world. Instead of, you know, our friends do a sitcom, you congratulate them on doing a show. But this is so meta that when people reach out to us to say they really liked it, 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 it actually does mean a lot. It means a lot. To me personally, uh, you know, to get the respect of your peers when I'm doing a show about our world, you know, it makes me feel very humbled uh, to know that they like it. I mean, you know, we've gotten a pretty good press so far from critics. I mean, the New York Times uh, were all over the place, and they said some kind of cruel things about the show. And, 
uh, we had a few publications that said, you know, up and down things about another show about comics or, you know, uh, so one article said, uh, I'm dying up here takes the fun out of funny, you know, <laughs> so I, we've gotten some criticism because the show is a traditional, it's, it's a drama, like, uh, we yeah. didn't masquerade it as a comedy, but yet it's being sold to certain markets as a comedy. Said we were a comedy. They just assume because it's about stand-up that it's going to be jokey, but it's not. And I think that's disappointed some of the critics, which is fine. But in our community, we've gotten a lot of love. And i got to say, yeah. that's, a really, that's a really nice feeling, you know, that's, to have your peers validate. Yeah, and i got to tell you, that's what makes the show so great is that, you know— w- Stand-up comedy is a tough business, and there's nothing really funny about the other side of it. And that's what I appreciated in in terms of watching the pilot is like, you know, you know those guys that came over from Boston that live in a closet that that are willing to do anything to get up on stage. It's like, you know, those are the things, the struggles, and sometimes there's nothing funny about what you have to do to get those five minutes on stage. Um, so that's what I appreciated about the show, and I look forward to the rest of the season. But we don't want to take too much time, but we and also got to mention— There's that great closing scene at the end where they're sleeping in the closet, and they're hearing the roommate bang his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and they look at each other, and they're like, we're in Hollywood. Like, they just—it <laughs> yeah. was this great moment that they were so excited about it. Um, well, that was also—that was just to, just to touch that real quick. That was—you um, know, he said, he said, Hollywood, brother, that was—Jim um, Carrey told us the story. That's where this came from, that this guy— used to sell uh, acid and and weed at the comedy store and he was this really happy jovial dude and whenever like you know you know someone was kind of just you know down and out or whatever is that was his thing he's like don't worry about it man we're in hollywood brother <laughs> you know it's kind of like uh, uh everlasting shining uh, piece of of uh, of hope came from this like you know, this dude who dealt drugs, and he, that's why he threw that in there, because he was like, right, yeah, no matter how crazy it is, you're still out here trying to do what you've always wanted to do. So that's kind of important. Could there be a better period in your life professionally, the fact that you have this show coming out, it's it, it looks unbelievable, it's cinematic, it's on Showtime, and at the same time, you have your own hour special coming yeah. out. Uh, home field advantage comes out on Showtime. Two great things. Uh, I mean, you're the you're you're one of the stars of the show, and then about sh- about stand up, and you have a stand up special coming out. It's unbelievable, and you got to film it at the Vic Theater in Chicago. Yeah, man, it was incredible to go home and be able to do that. When they asked me where I wanted to do it, um, I said I got to do it at home, and you know, I'm a sports guy. I know you're a big sports guy, uh, and I and I was like, I want to do it and, and name it something about it, kind of like a homecoming. So I said Home Field Advantage is the name of the special because it was, you know, it was heartfelt, and the Cubs won the World Series. So it's all this, like, all this momentum led to, to me going to do that, to be able to do it in the Vic Theater where I used to go to see concerts when I was in high school. It was wild. You know, I saw, like, some of my favorite bands there, and then yet here I am now performing at the exact same venue. So... It was incredible, man, and the feeling is overwhelming. I, I got to tell you, it's hard to kind of, you know, swallow it sometimes because you feel a lot of the pressure from that. You're like, my special comes out, and the show comes out, and I just want it all to be, you know, a nice tight package that represents how hard I've worked to, to get here and to do all this stuff. Um, and and consequently, uh, you know, my special comes out this Friday, and the TV and the show releases officially and starts to, to air on Sunday. So this weekend is just a big weekend, and and uh, 
It is a great moment, dude. I think this is probably the highest point in my career. After this, I probably got to get out of here. You know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah. Maybe I a, a mixology movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you going to do? You going to do anything to celebrate this weekend? Uh, you going to you going to keep it in tight with the family? You're going to go out and blow it out? No, you know, dude, I'm never one of those guys that's a big uh, go out and blow it out type of guy. I, I, I never have been. It, that's hard for me for some reason. So it's just going to be tight with some, so a few friends are just going to come over and have some drinks and kind of celebrate internally. Uh, I have some people in town from out of town. So something low key, but just kind of, you know, our own little, our own little party. Cause I, I, I've never been a big go crazy guy. It's never really been my thing. So uh, this is kind of the best way for me to ha- handle the anxiety of two big things releasing at once is just for me to kind of lay low at the, at the house and have some people come over and, you know, have some drinks and, and just, just, and just kick it. Cause the, the pressure is enough that I, I don't want, uh, I don't want any more weight on my mind. So I just kind of want to keep it low key with people that I know, you know? Well, dude, we could, we couldn't be happier for you. Um, the Showtime special airs Friday, June 2nd, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The great thing about Showtime is you can go on to Showtime.com and you can sign up. You get a 30-day free trial. Check out the the series, I'm Dying Up Here, and check out the show. And I'll be going there this weekend with my good buddy Joel Osborne. And, dude, I, I'm going to tell people, if you, you know, when I do the press, I do Man Cow and WGN. It's like if you can't make it out to the show you got to watch these guys uh, on Showtime kill it, and obviously you're special. So I'll, I'll try to do what I can in your hometown and for Steve you. And I will be thinking about pumped. you on Saturday, Andrew, because we're going to go see a, a Cubs game at Wrigley. Yeah, we're going to go to the Cubs. playing the Cardinals, so that'll be a great series this weekend. Well, that's going to be so much fun. I hope we don't lose again like we've been getting pounded by the Dodgers in yeah. San Diego. So uh, hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll step it up. And, and, uh, and Mr. Byrne, good luck tonight with those, with those Penguins, brother. Let's hope, uh, let's hope you guys can do it uh, again. Thanks, bud. One of the nicest guys in stand-up. Without a doubt. Couldn't be happier for you, Andrew. Enjoy your weekend, man. You deserve this victory lap. You put in so much hard work, bud. Thank you guys very, man. That's very much, you guys. Much love. I appreciate it. All right, pal, Andrew Santino. Uh, where can they find you, by the way, online, Andrew, on uh, Twitter, all that stuff? Go to you can go to you can go to andrewsantino.com that has all my tour dates uh, and, and all that stuff lined up. I'll be in Chicago the weekend after the fourth. I'll be in uh, Cap City in Austin next week. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so go to andrewsantino.com to see my tour dates and links to all that stuff, and then online on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Cheeto Santino, the Cheeto. <laughs> That's great. Love man. it. Thanks, pal. Andrew, we love you. So. Thank Congratulatory. All right, there you go. Uh, stand-up special coming out this weekend. Yep. Friday, Home Field Advantage, taped at the Vic Theater, beautiful venue. Going to air Friday night at uh, 9 o'clock, and then I'm dying up here. You can check out a free preview of Showtime if you sign up for the 30-day – is that what it is? You sign up for the app? Yeah. There well, you go. Yeah, you just go online. You could sign up. You could stream everything online. Uh, by the way, we're not like – you know, we talk, we're not like – you know, saying watch this show because it's about stand-up or watch the show because it's our friends. Watch the show because it's a great show. It's a good show. It's a really, really great show, and I, I couldn't be happier for the guys and everybody involved. i got to tell you, my, Definitely my, rooting for it. my wife and I watched it last night, and again, my wife has no attachment to stand-up nor mm-hmm. could care less yeah, about what I do. she doesn't. <laughs> but she loved it. No I mean, she really <laughs> enjoyed it. It was a great, I mean, it really pulled you in. I was really excited about seeing the other nine episodes. Does she ever say she's proud of you? Never. Now, are you trying to pull back from what we said?
Andrew Santino, thank you for calling in, my friend. Best of luck to you on both amazing gigs this weekend. Yeah. And we will be at the uh, Chicago Improv this weekend with our buddy Joel Osborne, who's on mic three. Yeah, I'm Joel's just going to say a couple words just to get a couple words in. Go. That, that, that was it. That was it. Oh, there we go. Right. Boom. Yeah. If you want more of that. If you want more of that excitement <laughs> and energy. <laughs> We're excited. Have you been to the Chicago Improv before? Uh, I think with Jonathan many years ago. Okay, well, this yeah, will be different because like, it'll be empty. It's um, a, so shut I was, up. I was talking to Joel. Let's Fuck off. A good. Italian beefs, <laughs> Portillo's, Cubbies, Wrigley. We're going it up. We're going to be in Chicago it. this weekend. Um, yeah, thank you all for listening. Gentleman's Dojo, at Canon Comedy. Where can they find you on Twitter, Joel? Uh, JoelOsborne.com. I think he just gained one follower. At Steve Byrne Live. Uh, yeah, At come Cannon see us Comedy. Live. At Cannon Comedy. I already mentioned it. Oh, oh, shit. Thank you, Andrew Santino, for calling in. Watch the show. I'm dying up here. Check out Andrew's special. <laughs> <laughs>